Hi, this is Jamie Court. I'm your host for the Rage for Justice Report, Consumer Watchdog's weekly podcast where we talk about what we're exposing, confronting, and changing this week. And oh boy, was it a big week. I'm here with Scott Olson, who's a board member, uh, a survivor of medical negligence. His son is a survivor of medical negligence. The whole family survived the medical negligence. And we have something big to talk to you about today. Maybe the biggest thing in the last 30 years. How you doing, Scott? I'm doing good, Jamie. Yourself? Good. Are you feeling happy? Uh, I feel better than I have, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the reason Scott's feeling good is because we have announced um, uh, just yesterday a legislative deal to increase the cap on medical negligence damages that have been in law for literally 47 years. And this is a cap on damages uh, that was put in by the legislature in 1975 and hasn't been altered at all in 47 years. It's $250,000, uh, and it covers all of people's pain and suffering, their disability, their loss of quality of life, their emotional distress, their trauma in a medical negligence case. Anything other than basically wage loss uh, that you can prove a, defendant, a dependent would have lost or medical bills. And it has had a devastating effect on Scott's family and on families across California. And finally, we have an ounce of redemption because the legislature is going to uh, take up a bill to deal with this issue as a way of getting rid of a ballot measure that Scott is the proponent of, the Fairness for Injured Patients Act, which would have lifted the cap on damages um, in catastrophic injury cases. And the, the, the compromise uh, will up the cap um, pretty significantly. It doesn't do everything the initiative does, but it does an awful lot. So Scott, why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened to Stephen, oh my goodness, um, 30 years ago now? Was it 30 yeah, years? It was, almost, it was uh, 30 years almost to the month. Uh, wow. Jamie. Um, well, Stephen uh, fell while on, a, while on a walk and a little stick went in his, went in his, um, kind of in his mouth. And it was fixed at the hospital. And But a week later, he started acting uh, lethargic and tired. Uh, he was taken to uh, urgent care twice and uh, sent home twice. Finally, the third time, uh, he was admitted to the hospital where um, they did a spinal tap. And they, unknown to us, they gave him steroids. And uh, he was in the hospital for a couple of days and then released it. And he seemed to he seemed to get better right actually right away right after they did the spinal tap and the steroids. Uh, the next morning he was rushed to the hospital because he was unconscious at home, and uh, that's when they did a CT scan. Which, by the way, my wife had been asking for a CT scan. They finally did a CT scan and found that he in fact had a brain abscess, which was caused by the stick injury that he had gotten uh, just about a week and a half prior. So unknown to us also was um, after the uh, lawyers checked the medical records that when we went to the hospital, when he was lethargic, is that they wrote down that he could possibly have a brain abscess. And the only way you check if you have a brain abscess is to do a CT scan. And if they would have done a CT scan when he was first admitted, uh, we wouldn't have had any of these problems. His abscess would have been taken care of and he'd be perfectly fine today. So after two years, we go, we go to court. You know, where this happened in '92, we finally go to court in, in late 1994. Uh, we have two defendants. One settled just a 
days before trial, the other one went to trial with us where they lost. It was a two week trial. Uh, the jury awarded my son $7 million for his pain and suffering because he, you know, he can't see and uh, he has all these other problems. And uh, once the jury left the room, the defendant's attorney uh, asked that the $7 million be lowered to $250,000. So one thing to remember, too, is here, we, you know, we take the risk. We go to trial. We win at trial. And uh, the defendants get to keep, they got to keep uh, approximately 60 to 65% of the award. Yeah, it's, it's outrageous. The, judge, the jury foreman didn't know about what had happened until he read about it in the newspaper, correct? Correct. There was an article in the newspaper. This happened in November of 94. And then I think it was in May of 95, there's finally an article in the paper about it. And that, like you said, the jury foreman saw the um, what had happened, and that's when he wrote a letter to the editor because he was outraged when he saw that. He 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 called our attorney, and uh, and he ended up writing a letter to the editor about it. In the letter to the editor, he said, "How can this happen in America? We we see this young, healthy kid who's got a lifetime of blindness and disability. He'll never be independent, never live on his own. We wanted to give him seven million dollars." compensate him for that and it's out of our hands 250,000 exactly. all he got it, it he was he was really outraged your story scott was what motivated me to fight all these years um to try to change this as well i mean and motivated so much so many of us at consumer watchdog um your wife and you took your story around the country to argue against caps you took it to Washington, convinced Senator Feinstein caps were a bad idea, so we didn't have a federal cap. But this has got a this this victory today that we're now going to have the legislature finally acknowledge that Stevens' pain and suffering isn't worth two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That there isn't a one size fits all cap that should be static that fits every victim. That's that's got to mean something to you. Well. Right, and like uh, like we've mentioned, it's been a long time, and uh, that's why we have the initiative, obviously. And it's good that the um, our opponents in this case um, came to at least some of their senses and decided that uh, perhaps a somewhat of a compromise was 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 in the best interest of everybody. Let's talk about that compromise for a minute. What's in it? Uh, it's basically a, a gradual increase in the cap. So that we get up to a higher cap in 10 years. But the value in the settlement also is that there's more than one cap available to people. Sure. Currently, you, all, all the pain and suffering caused by all these parties, and there were at least three defendants in your case that were unaffiliated, um, they, they, the total value of what they owed your son was $250,000. Under this legislative deal, if there's an institution involved in hospital and they're responsible for nurses, residents, people who, who mess up, they're also responsible for a separate cap. So next year, the cap goes up to 500,000 in wrongful death, 350,000 in personal injury cases, and then escalates for 10 years up to a million for wrongful death and 750 for personal injury cases. But that's not the whole story because you can get two caps. So in your case, Scott, you would have gotten 
two caps at least, which would have been a million dollars next year or two million in 10 years, probably three caps because you had uh, an unaffiliated HMO doctor who denied uh, care initially, right? Correct. And that that was one of the issues with Scott's case. We, 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 it, we, we really went after the HMOs because the HMOs cost cutting is why Stephen didn't get this $800 test that would have detected this brain abscess that would have saved his sight and his life. And, um, and the, the HMO paid no price for that. So in your case, it would have been basically a million five next, uh, excuse me, it would have been about um, $900,000 next year or up to $3 million in 10 years, which is no, it's not fair, but it's a lot fairer than $250,000. Correct. And by the way, you're, you, you mentioned, you know, the HMO issue, um, <clears throat> that wasn't something that we brought up. That was something one of the uh, doctors who, when Stephen was ambulance back in the hospital, told our attorney, he said, uh, my son is a victim of HMO medicine. So that's not something we made up. And, and, and we actually went on. One of the things we did do, we couldn't get this cap taken care of for 28 years now. It's been 28 years we've been fighting together, Scott, for this. But we did get... Right the HMO patients rights bill of rights in California in 1998 about, and Steven's story was one of those stories that propelled it. And you and Scott and Kathy rode the bus for HMO reform. And we got Gray Davis to sign a bill to do it in 1998 to give people the right Correct. to second opinions. And, and so we did achieve a lot, but this was the one that always got away. And I'm so glad that we have, we, we're doing it while we're both alive, frankly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, and, and, I, and, and so many of the patients whose stories are at patientsforfairness.org feel this way that, you know, this isn't going to help any of the patients who've been injured in the past or any of the patients with injured with current cases. And that's a shame. It's a shame we couldn't grandfather in patients with current cases, but it's going to help people in the future. And, um, and I know that means something to you. Well, like I've always said before, this isn't this isn't about helping us because our case is over and none of this helps us. But part of the um, part of the issue with this is when uh, when our case was finally uh, tried in court and and uh, the um, the award came out uh, in the news and everything. And the other side, our opponents, immediately said um, how beneficial this micro was and to Steven and she did see what he got. He got this and this and, and his case got tried and he, and he was able to do this. I'm thinking, well, no, wait a minute. This, this wasn't beneficial and they wouldn't stop doing it. So I thought, well, I'm not going to stop fighting it then because, um, what they're saying was, was just wrong. Yeah. They're, they're, they've, they've twisted it and they've attacked you over the years. Many times I've seen it. It's oh, a, yeah. It's it's a different. I mean, I saw the American Medical Association do it. I saw it happen in California, um, and and and. But today, I think the medical insurance complex is 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 reaching out with an olive branch now. I feel like they're they're acknowledging they're acknowledging that this was wrong, that patients need to get attorneys. A lot of these cases, patients don't get attorneys because the the total value of the case is two hundred fifty thousand. In Stephen's case, there was. Um, there were economic damages, but they were minimized because you take off uh, the, the the fact that you had health insurance and the fact that he was eligible for Medicare and all these issues. And 
your family basically in the end and all for all his for all of his um for all of his costs in addition to the pain and suffering for all the medical bills for all for Kathy having to quit her job to take care of him it came out to like a million dollars right that was it no it was more than that but what happens is with the with your economic damages they they do try to uh uh say oh you have health insurance so you don't need this and or you have um you know, you can get all these free services or you can beg for services and do this. And they did present that to the jury. Now, in our case, uh, just to correct that, the jury didn't buy it. Uh, they didn't buy all that stuff. But what happens with your economic damages is, um, let's say, you know, this just threw out a figure of a million dollars. you you got to pay your court costs out of that, too. Uh, got to pay your attorney's you know, fees, your expert witnesses. you got to pay you got to pay your attorney's fees, your ex your expert witnesses and and the, and the million dollars you're awarded is for your medical bills and and for your lost wages. And so suddenly you might be getting enough money just for medical bills. And your medical the reason you got medical bills is because they've harmed you. So they end up getting the money back anyway. What 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 Scott? What was the final value, or can you not talk about it? Of what what you came away with after attorneys' fees and everything? After attorney fee, attorneys' fees and everything, yeah, everything was deducted. Uh, everything was deducted. He got about two point one million, and that's for his entire lifetime. Correct. And he'll never, and he and won't live a, independently. I mean, I know that's also for Kathy not working for how many years did she not work for? Twenty some odd years. Yeah, for for that. And remember, this is a two year old. And when they do give you economic, when you do get economic damages, if your life is shortened by the um, by the malpractice, you know, sometimes you're messed up to the point where it shortens your life, and you only get the money uh, for your estimated lifetime. So if you're, if they say, well, you're only going to live to be 40, uh, it's estimated what you would need if you lived to be 40, for example. If you live beyond that, the money isn't there. Well, it's because of periodic payments. The, the Another part of this horrible law is that they get to pay you on a periodic basis. And if the victim dies, the periodic payments stop. That's true. And that's, that's, yeah. Well, uh, um, Scott, I'm I, I'm so sorry that we lost Kathy um, a few years ago, because I know she'd love to see this day. She died unfortunately at 59 years old suddenly. Scott then had to quit his job to take care of Stephen, which was something the family did not anticipate. Talk about unexpected economic losses. Um, but I know Kathy would be really heartened to know this happened. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and you guys, you guys are, are such heroes. We're so proud to have worked with you and to continue to work with you to raise these issues up. Thank you for everything you've done, Scott. Well, thank you, Jamie. And uh, hopefully we'll see this through and see this thing signed next month. Otherwise, we're going to the ballot. You, you, Scott is the guy who has the signature. If Scott does not sign the um, form to withdraw this uh, ballot measure by June 28th, we're going to be voting on this in November. So that was the ultimate leverage. The do doctors right. did not want to face the ballot measure that was qualified for November and the Fairness for Injured Patients Act. And so Scott, Scott's signature is about the only thing that can, can, um, can relieve the doctors of that worry. And that's why they're moving so quickly to pass this bill, hopefully within two weeks. 
We're hoping it'll be right. a, a law by May 15th, and then you can sign the paper, and um, we don't have to go to the ballot. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. This has been the, the Rage for Justice Report. I'm Jamie Court. I'm your host. Uh, please uh, download uh, the Rage for Justice Report uh, at uh, everywhere you get your own pipe, you get your podcasts. Um, you can find out more about Scott's story at patientsforfairness.org. And you can find a patient in every Senate district in your community in California who's had a, a story uh, somewhat like, like Scott's. Not, there are no stories exactly like Scott's, but someone who's lived through a medical negligence tragedy and been, been screwed over by this law. Go to patientsforfairness.org to learn more. Thank you all for listening and thanks for your support all these years.